Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So I just got off boxing, friends. I mean, just got off. Right, Key? Can you attest to it? Like, just got off like less than 10 minutes ago. So uh, address the FBI scandal. I want to talk about that, that, the FBI scandal, Fox and other things. Uh, It'll be quick. And then I want to get to this 2,000 mules strikes again. I'm telling you, they're terrified of you seeing this movie. Terrified. Why? Because they keep flipping the story depending on how the whole cell phone tracking data thing goes with ballot harvesting. I'll, 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 uh, I'll explain. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Again, another loaded show today. I'll explain the, the Fox thing in a minute. Some of you saw it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like it that both sides of this argument about the FBI get out. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joseph, let's go. We will rock you. Yes. Yes. Well, we did uh, this morning. I, yes, sir. I was referring to. I don't, didn't coordinate with him before with his pre-show messaging. But yeah, I was on Fox and Friends just a few minutes ago. And, um, you know, this is, listen, I get a lot of, of feedback about Fox. I've, I've been uh, working there for, I don't know, four or five years. And I've been doing appearances there working with them for over 10 years now. And uh, one of the things I like about working there, because you pe- listen, people have a variety of opinions. There are a lot of people who really enjoy Fox. We're the most popular cable news channel on the planet. Uh, but there are some complaints. I mean, they're not naive to that as well. Or, you know, I-, I know the people at the network are concerned about what the audience thinks. I-, I know that. I'm there. I hear it. I don't speak for them. I'm not trying to speak for them. I'm not their PR department. But one of the things I've appreciated and why I, I stay there year after year is because they really are concerned with getting both sides out. Now, some people don't, don't like that. Some people, you know, want one side of an issue. Ours, listen, I get it. I'm not here to debate, you know, what you should or shouldn't watch. But this morning on Fox, uh, they asked me to come on because I had a different perspective than some people on the couch about the FBI matter. And uh, I lit into the FBI and I meant every single word of it. So if you missed it, I encourage you to check it out. Uh, maybe we can try to get it up on our social channels. But uh, there are other people there who still remain friends of mine. Uh, they do. It's not personal, but we just have a difference of opinion. The FBI has established no, not a single iota of credibility dealing with matters with Donald Trump, not one. And you taking your word for it with the FBI that they're doing the right thing in this raid, I think is the definition uh, of insanity. They have proven over and over to be incapable of dealing with Donald Trump. So again, they're, you know, they're not kidding. They invited me on their show to give an alternate perspective. and That's why I stay there. It's the biggest cable channel in the world. Don't you want people like me and Janine out there and Tucker? Speaking on that, and Greg and Jesse speaking on that channel, we don't all think alike over there. We shouldn't give that up. It's a big bullhorn. I, I saw right. you. I saw you. It was a good hit. Did you? Yeah. You know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Joe knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, it was uh, a good hit. You know, I had a respect for other people. They were, you know, they don't attack me personally, and I'm not going to attack them. 
but they say things I don't agree with and they invite me on their show to disagree with them. And you know what? I darn well appreciate that. All right. Uh, moving on. So folks, the 2000 mules controversy has just exploded. 2000 mules is a movie by Dinesh D'Souza in con- uh, conjunction with true the vote. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it follows a bunch of ballot harvesters who go to ballot harvesting locations. Um, this is according to the allegations in the movie. And they take ballots and they bring them, bring them the ballot drop boxes. Now, one of the central premises of the movie and how they get this data about taking a bunch of ballots and dropping them off at ballot boxes, right, is they track their cell phones. Now, because the information in there was so devastating, so devastating that multiple people may have used ballot drop boxes with almost no security at all. A few of them had cameras. Most of them had cameras that didn't even work. There's nobody there watching these things at all. The left clearly wants to protect ballot boxes because there is no security. Think about it. Why does the left want a ballot box over a voting election center? Because, Joe, I can go back to a ballot box 10 or 20 times. There's nobody there. Right. They're not going to know if I come back. The cameras didn't even work in, in the majority of these things. If I go into a voting booth and see an election official 10 or 15 times, they're going to be like, I mean, after we vote down here in the point I live, there's, only, there's not that many residents. If you went back and forth more than once, they'd be like, you just voted. You just dropped off ballots. Who's the ballots you dropping off now? That's why the left is in love with the idea of ballot boxes. There's almost no security at all. So when Dinesh D'Souza put out this film showing how these ballot boxes may be being abused to commit massive ballot fraud, the left freaked out. Reuters did this ridiculous fact check. You can see right here where they talk about how it's based on cell phone data, how they track the cell phones of these ballot harvesters. And Reuters is like, listen, man, quote, for this is from a professor of political science. They note that the entirety of the claim rests on cell phone location data. Pay close attention, which doesn't remotely show that people were actually using ballot drop boxes. They note it doesn't have the granularity to show that as opposed to just walking by or even driving by. And they cite this professor of, Political science. Erroneous. So you get what, of course, <laughs> thank you, Vince. Of course, it's first. Now, what is Reuters, Politifarce, Bill D. McCarthy, and others doing? They realize they've got a problem, that these are very serious, credible allegations of massive ballot fraud in swing states. They realize it could have swung the election. So, of course, the media, who are communists, have to run in and shut it down and say the cell phone data isn't accurate. Why am I bringing up this story today? Dan, 2,000 Mules came out a few months ago. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I never let this stuff go about the 2020 election when I find things that indicate to me the media is covering up a massive election scandal. Strange. CNN just put this article out August 31st. This is just a couple of days ago, August 29th. Real headline. Wireless carriers keep your location data for years and provide it to the police. Oh, okay, they do, CNN. So they note, CNN, in the piece that the sensitive data privacy advocates have said, can reveal whether a person may have visited an abortion clinic or sought other reproductive care, even if the location data was merely collected for the purposes of facilitating an unrelated call or mobile web search at the time. The verdict is in, man, Joe. That's weird. Weird. Can you go back to the Reuters thing? I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep flipping around. He's by him. Justin's not here today. But that's strange because Reuters just told us in a fact check that the data wasn't granular enough to see if people were actually stopping at drop boxes. 
So it's, okay, you can go back to the other one at CNN. So it is granular enough to tell if people are in an abortion clinic, but it's not granular enough to see if they stopped at a drop box. Abortion clinic. They must have some special like Faraday cage in the uh, in the around the ballot box that yeah. prevents the transmission of the right. Joe. Right. Joe's a more tech savvy guy. Joe knows what to They have some right. They have some kind of RF blocker or something around the ballot box. It's kind of strange because there's no, by the way, there's no backtracking by Reuters or PolitiFact either on the fact that Dinesh D'Souza may be onto a massive election scandal. None scandal. Because why? Why? Look at this. I underlined this because I talked about it. Through. I love tie. I love it when a show comes. I'm very excited about today's show. I love it when a show comes together and I can tie it to other shows. We did an entire 10 to 15 minute segment yesterday. It's super important if you miss the show on how don't ever be confused by your political opponents' hypocrisy. They don't care about hypocrisy. Hey, you're saying on one hand that cell phone data is accurate enough to detect if someone was in an abortion clinic. Well, i.e. stop there. But you're telling me, on the other hand, if they stopped at a ballot box, it doesn't do any of that? That's hypocrisy. It's not to them. It's hierarchy. Please don't forget this. You think by pointing out the hypocrisy that their position is totally untenable. Cell phone data is granular. No, it's not. That you're shaming them. They don't, I just underlined, no shame whatsoever. Tyrants don't feel shame. They don't feel shame because the hypocrisy is part of their battle plan. They're not embarrassed by it. They're in charge. You are not. They own the media. The media have their lips surgically attached to the ass of the Communist Party left. And they will say whatever they need to say to gain and hold on to power. And if holding on to power means covering up cheating in elections while simultaneously um, attacking the pro-life crowd by preventing people uh, from being tracked to get an abortion by their cell phones, they'll say it. They don't care. Now, why else am I bringing this up? Hat tip to my production team. I usually produce my own show, but they, they produce good stuff too, and I, I don't give them enough credit. Sometimes they'll show as a piece in today's story and show today too. Now, this was from the other part of the, uh, the team out there. They sent me this. They said, Dan, this is awfully convenient before an election with regards to cell phone data tracking, isn't it? CNBC, August 29th. FTC, Federal Trade Commission, Sue's a data broker for allegedly selling location data from hundreds of millions of phones. Oh. Man, the timing on that. Get right, Joe? Again, oh. what a big quickie dink. So right before another election where people like Dinesh D'Souza and others who uncovered a massive ballot harvesting scheme, right before an election, Biden's FTC is now suing data brokers for selling that data. It wasn't really a problem in the past. You think they may be a little worried? You think they may understand they have a real problem now that people have these cell phone beacons on them? Folks, none of this is by accident. Again, I will go back to what I opened yesterday's show with and I will incorporate it into today's show. There is no shame whatsoever with tyrants. Tyrants who engage in political imprisonment and censorship they don't care what you or your family think after you're censored or put in a political prison or a de facto one. They're not interested. They don't care. You're not shaming them. It's important you understand that so you understand the opponent we're dealing with. The only way to defeat them is to impose real material losses, power, money, 
freedom if they broke the law. That's the only way. Pointing out the hypocrisy is not going to do it. It's good for us so we can make an argument to persuadable. It's not a good argument for the libs. The libs don't care. I showed you that video of Rob Reiner yesterday on Bill Maher. Remember Meathead from All in the Family? He doesn't care that Bill Maher humiliates him on the Hunter Biden case. He doesn't care at all. He just changes the argument. Folks, one more thing. Again, I pointed out the list of corrupt FBI officials who aren't ashamed at all on Fox and Friends, in case you need it. Uh, because some people are trying to make the argument who are defending the FBI that, oh, it's just a few bad apples. Really? Jim Comey, Andrew McKay, Bill Prystep, Jim Baker, Lisa Page, Peter Stroke, Stephen Soma, Joe Pianca, Kevin Kleinsmith, Brian Houghton, Tim Tebow. Those are only the people we know about involved in either corruption or alleged corruption at the FBI. Those are only the people we know about. That doesn't sound like a couple uh, rotten apples to me. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Just there alone. And those are just the ones you know about. Okay. Uh, Listen, they can't hide their interference in elections anymore in the 2020 election, folks. It's now clear as day. They plan on using ballot boxes. And someone needs to be watching the ballot boxes the right way, the correct way. Because then again, the left, of course, will use the information against you to go and like hunt you down and put you in jail for trying to make sure we have free and fair elections where it's easy to vote and hard to cheat. But someone needs to be watching these things. So we need to be if there's going to be ballot boxes, which is a really horrendous, horrible idea. I can't emphasize in strong enough terms how horrible of an idea that is. If you're what's that? It's a terrible idea. Terrible. It's the worst. Terrible. Terrible. It's an awful idea. If you're going to do it, though, because you live in a liberal state, you should be calling your lawmakers today and demanding at a minimum that the cameras are at the boxes, that they are working, that they're checked, and that the public can access the video. Why shouldn't we be able to see it? The evidence of what they did to sway and interfere in the 2020 election is everywhere. There's a great piece I strongly encourage you to check out. It's in the Washington Examiner. It'll be in the newsletter. As you know, it's my newsletter link is bongino.com slash newsletter. Please sign up. I'll send you all these pieces. Elizabeth Stauffer, she says, evidence of Democrats' conspiracy to sway the 2020 election is getting way too big to hide. She talks about the Hunter Biden case as well, not that just uh, the 2000 mule stuff I mentioned, but she goes into how they've already confirmed that the laptop was legitimate, but only after Biden was in office. She's talking about the New York Times and the Washington Post. Folks, everybody knew it was legitimate. And she talks about the big tech tycoons who are now admitting after the fact that it was wrong to crack down on the story. She notes they were all in on it. They were all in on it. It was a full court press by our institutions to interfere in the 2020 election. Yes, Elizabeth Stauffer, and thank you to saying it at the Washington Examiner, which is shading little left these days sometimes. She notes the important part at the end. That's why I'm bringing this up. She says, and thanks to a group of FBI whistleblowers, something we've never had before, it's all starting to come to light. Listen, again, I want to thank you and I want to encourage you The agents in the FBI who've decided their oath to the Constitution matters more than the FBI management's oath to Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. You're heroes. You're doing the right thing. I've been there. I know what it's like to walk away. It's hard. I love my job. I love being a Secret Service agent. I'm so proud of it. It's not easy to walk away. I get it. But ladies and gentlemen, you have the inside knowledge that people in the media don't have. 
There is no way that the Maggie Haberman, Glenn Thrush, Charlie Savage, Natasha Bertrand, Devlin Barrett, deep state crowd in the media can match your level of knowledge. You were there in the FBI. We need you to speak out to the whistleblowers. Please come forward. Your country needs you. Please. I'll do whatever I can. Whatever I can to help you. Please. Please come forward. Why did I bring up those names? Because, folks, as the raid in Mar-a-Lago degenerates into uh, Banana Republic territory, which is happening right now, and it was hence my appearance on Fox & Friends this morning, the media is still painting a one-sided story attacking the president as leaks flow out to the media. Leaks flow out to the media. The Justice Department claims they can't talk about things. They leak selective information like that nonsense nuclear secrets thing. And they continue to attack through their communist ass-kissing, boot-licking media. People like Maggie Haberman, Glenn Thrush, Charlie Savage, and Alan Fuhr, who are nothing more than deep state plants in the media. That's it. Here, documents at Mar-a-Lago were moved and hidden as the U.S. sought them, filing suggests. August 31st, New York Times. Same goons, by the way. Again, just as if they're claiming they're classified when they don't know that. How do you know the documents are classified? How do you know? The president, according to federal court precedent, has the sole discretion to say what's classified and what's not and what his personal records are. Did you read that case? Amy Berman Jackson, 2012, Bill Clinton, Judicial Watch case. Did you read that? Uh, of course you didn't. You're supposed to be reporters. I notice how you leave that out. Now, the reason I brought up this New York Times piece is because the documents were moved. Can you go back? Uh, one second. I'm sorry. Joe, I want you to read the headline, which are Joe. You see what they do here? We're moved and hidden. Huh. <laughs> they were. Well, how do you know that? How do you know they were hidden? Hidden from who? You notice how the guilt is. See, a lot of people don't catch this stuff. This is how the media works. It's a nudge thing. They nudge you in a direction, not backed up by facts, but backed up by an opinion. And they suggest in the headline, it's, it's prima facie evidence of guilt. Now, if the headline would have read appropriately, documents at Mar-a-Lago were moved as U.S. sought them, you would ask a question like a good journalist. Well, why were they moved? Could it now? Could it be they were hiding them? Could. But unlike these hacks at the New York Times, I'm not going to lie to you and I'm going to tell you the limits of my knowledge. I know they were moved. Were they hidden? How do you know that? This is what they do. It's a one-sided story with communists in the media designed to tell the government story through leaks while leaving Donald Trump uh, basically out there on his own swimming in the ocean with no legal team uh, to protect himself because they're pressuring lawyers not to work with him. He has a law. He has lawyers, but they're pressuring people not to work with them. Don't, don't let that little trick go moved and hidden jumps to the conclusion that he's guilty already. It's a one-sided story. They're trying to paint. That's why I told you as well to be really careful with this uh, information about this new FBI agent, Tim Tebalt. Uh, this guy, T-Bolt, who was supposed to be a supervisor and a whistleblower has come forward saying T-Bolt, he alleges T-Bolt was involved in the suppression of Hunter Biden information while pushing false narratives about Trump. That's according to a whistleblower. Another anonymous source came out and told the Washington Times that T-Bolt was escorted out of FBI headquarters by two serious looking individuals. Guys, what did I say yesterday? Yesterday, I said, be really, really careful about this story. Why, Dan? That's good news. The FBI is cleaning up. They took this guy out. Ah, maybe the FBI wants you to think 
they're cleaning up. I'm not sure this guy was escorted out. I'll show you what I mean. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Okay, getting back to the show. So I told you yesterday to be very cautious. You remember, right, Joe, about this T-Bolt story? We 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 frog marched him out. Yeah, we took him out. We fired him. And I'm saying to the folks, really, um, I I don't buy any of it. I'll wait. I'll apply the Bongino rule. Sure enough, Bongino rule worked. I told you to wait. This comes out today. Washington Examiner, Dan Chayton. They're talking about T-Bolt. T-Bolt's legal team is now saying, no, none of that happened. I'm actually inclined to believe them. They note that on T-Bolt's last day as part of his processing, T-Bolt turned in his security badge at the FBI and walked with two longtime special agent friends through the field office to finish processing his paperwork. He walked out of the building by himself. Claims to the contrary are false. It's a statement from T-Bolt's counsel. Folks, I'm actually inclined to believe him. I also am inclined to believe that the whistleblower has some elements of truth in T-Bolt's story, given the FBI's history of targeting Donald Trump. I'm inclined to believe that. But I don't believe for a minute the FBI took this guy out of the office, dragged him out with two agents kicking and screaming. Why? Because I don't believe the FBI's interested in reforming itself even a little bit. You see how you got to balance this? How the impulse for some of us in the conservative movement, which I totally and completely understand... The impulse is for us to want to believe this. Yes, the FBI is finally cleaning up. You have to, you have to control that impulse, though, and, and, and see through the fake narratives. The FBI wants you to believe they're cleaning things up, although the evidence is everywhere to the contrary. Be very careful of stories like this. All right. All right, I got to move to this because we haven't done a lot on this lately, but an election 2022 update because this is super important. We're just months away now. From an extremely critical election. You know, I say, oh, most important election of our lifetime. Everybody says that about everything. Every election is important. In your lifetime, then you know what the most important election is? This one and the next one. Okay? Always. But this is critical. Uh, there's a Senate race in Pennsylvania I've been focused on just relentlessly lately because it involves the worst candidate in the country uh, by far right now, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman running for the United States Senate as a Democrat in Pennsylvania. Uh, the guy is a disaster. He's a communist, and he could be one of the deciding votes in the United States Senate on legislation that's going to affect you. So Biden went to Pennsylvania yesterday to campaign. Here's the funny part, Joe. Fetterman, who's a communist, didn't show up. Yeah. Is that because Biden's at like negative 22.5% approval? I have no idea. But Biden had an interesting thing to say about Fetterman, who dissed him at his own rally, which was hilarious, calling him a Hell of a guy. Hell of a guy. Let's see who he really is after this. Check this out. He couldn't be here today. We spoke. Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. He's, when I say he's a powerful voice, I used to be in the old days a pretty good athlete. And if someone was really big and tough, you say, I wouldn't screw with him if I had a sledgehammer. Well, I tell you what, Fetterman's a hell of a guy. A powerful voice for working people. And he's going to make a great United States senator. You're going to make a great United States Senator. 
Yeah, he's going to make such a great center. He didn't even show up at your rally because he knows you're such a loser. Yeah. That's, that's pretty funny. Keep in mind, Fetterman's a straight-up communist. Um, this is the guy that Joe Biden thinks is a hell of a guy. I want to show you a quick video on this guy because, this is, folks, this is a critical election. Critical. This could decide control of the Senate. He's running against Mehmet Oz, otherwise known as Dr. Oz. He is a medical doctor, some leftist listening. Sorry, we got to be slow. Here's John Fetterman, fake, elitist, snob lunatic, supported by his daddy his whole life, pretending to be a working man, although he spits in the face of the working man every day. Look at me, my car hurt on. This guy is a loser, loser. Here he is saying he wants to let criminals back out on the street. I wonder how, again, voters in Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and other big cities in Pennsylvania feel about Fetterman uh, if he becomes the United States Senator pushing local politicians to let criminals back out on the street. Don't believe me. Believe him. Here's his own words. He said something remarkable that I agree with. He said, we could reduce our prison population by a third and not make anyone less safe. If we could reduce our prison population, we could return these individuals back to their families, back to their communities, and and everyone is safer or better off, and the outcomes are more are more just. Why wouldn't we want to do that? I was on a panel with our uh, director of corrections, and he said something that I agree with, and is that we could release one third of our inmate population and not make anyone less safe. Hell of a guy. Hell of a guy, Joe. Yeah. Hell of a guy there. Hell of a guy there, Dan. Keep in mind, his daddy supports him, so he doesn't have to worry about security or anything like that. He'll be up in the Capitol where they've got Capitol Police surrounding them. He just doesn't care about you. Now, Fetterman is a fraud. He's a phony. He's a fake. Um, and how people are buying this BS act, even for Democrats, candidly, is really shocking. The guy is the biggest fraud I've ever seen. He is easily the worst candidate in the country. By the way, I, the health issues thing aside, I wish everybody good health. You know that. Um, he appears to be compromised. Compromise that his health is really bad. If you vote on that or not, that's not my business. That's your personal opinion. I, I care more about policies. The guy's a communist. I don't need to hear anything else about his health or elsewhere. Is he going to be able to do his job due to health? I don't know. I'm not his doctor. I can tell you this. I can listen to the guy's own words. And he loves the idea of criminals back on the street. That's all I need to hear. They're all fakes. They're all phonies, including Biden, who thinks he's a hell of a guy. Here's the new law and order Biden, by the way. New law and order Biden. Biden licked his finger. He saw his approval at 22.7% or whatever it was. And he said, you know, this street criminals thing, letting people back out on the street isn't really working because people are, Joe, they're getting killed. And the number one rule of the Dan Bongino show is don't get dead. Right. And Democrats are helping people get dead really fast. So Biden all of a sudden decides right before the election, Biden, fake, phony, fraud, almost as fake as Fetterman. Oh, no one's as fake as Fetterman, but almost. Here he is now. Here's the new Joe Biden. He's now a law and order guy. He Now he's all in with the police. Now he's, this is a total BS act. I'll prove it to you in a second. Check this out. When it comes to public safety in this nation, the answer is not defund the police. It's fund the police. Fund the police. So now he's a fund the police guy. You hear that? Fund the police. He said it twice. WNBC. <laughs> For those of you who see private parts, you know what I'm talking about there. He said it twice, Joe. He's a big uh, law and order guy now. Now, this is an act. It's a scam. It's a John Fetterman-like act. Biden's just not as good as faking it as Fetterman, who is a total actor. He's a total actor. He's a fraud. Here's the real Joe Biden. When Joe Biden post-George Floyd incident thought it was politically convenient, 
to talk about reallocating and taking money away from the police and allocating the money elsewhere. That's what reallocating means, fact checker, loser, zeros, okay? He was asked a direct question by someone. So when he could kiss the ass of the left, Joe Biden was a reallocate money, take money away from police departments guy. How do I know that? Because Joe Biden said it himself. And now all of a sudden, he thinks he's going to convince you, along with others, that him and Fetterman are both pro-cop and pro-law enforcement because you're getting mugged, raped, and killed in many cases. Nah, not buying it. Here, listen to Joe Biden himself. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that- can we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, I get it. You're going to get ass-kissing Reuters like fact-checkers. It doesn't mean defund the police. It means redirecting funding away from the police, which means defunding, sending funding elsewhere, means refunding someone else at the cost of defunding the police. Is there another way to read that I'm unaware of? Did I miss something? It's an act, folks. It's not as good of an act as Fetterman, who's a more talented fraud than Biden. Biden's just plain stupid. Fetterman's actually got good acting skills. If I grow a little hair patch underneath my chin, a little flavor saver there, and I put on a Carhartt, I'll look like the working man. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> no, uh, you won't. This guy's disgusting. He really is. Both of them. They're total, complete frauds. And I cannot believe independents are buying this act. This guy will get in there, hike your taxes, defund the police, take away your kids' education rights, mask you up, push vaccines down your throat, and people are going to vote for him in Pennsylvania. It's incredible. Over a guy who was an actual medical doctor and worked for a living and had a freaking job. I'm going to be kidding. I got more on Biden coming up next. But what's with the Biden and the government, by the way, and talking about our military as if it's a weapon to be used against our own citizens? Well, it's what I told you before. It's not a hierarchy. It's a tyranny. I mean, excuse me. It's, a, it's, not a, it's not about hypocrisy. It's about tyranny and hierarchy. That's what happens in hierarchy. We have the military. You don't shut your mouth. Got that coming up in a minute. So, folks, they are who you think they are. Again, they don't care about hypocrisy. They don't care about hypocrisy being exposed because tyrants care about power. I've been saying this for weeks. I've been saying this over and over because it's important. Here is Biden yesterday. This is a perfect example of what I mean. He's talking about the citizens of the United States, and he mentions the F-15s. F-15s, and implies that the military is a tool, not of the citizen, that government op operates on their consent, consent of the government, but it's to be a weapon to be used against the citizen. Again, Evidence, more hierarchy and tyranny. Check this out. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe. If you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use. Now, we know you're not joking. Please make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen. Remember Denny Green, coach of the... Uh, Arizona Cardinals, whatever at the time, football coach. Yeah. They are who you think they are. They are who we thought they were. They are who you think they are. When they say things like this, when that New York State Senate candidate talks about being a socialist and enacting socialism over New York, when they talk about letting criminals out of jail like Fetterman, 
when they talk about using F-15s to attack American citizens, this is exactly who they are. Here's his own tweet. He's not hiding it from yesterday, Biden. I'm determined to ban assault weapons in this country. I did it once before, and we'll do it again. This is your guy. One, there's no such thing as an assault weapon. It's a made-up fake category meant to scare you. And second, don't you find it odd that he celebrates Biden, the idea that they have F-15s they'd use to attack the American people, and you better get one yourself. And then he tells you simultaneously that he wants to take away your ability to defend yourself with a rifle. You think it's by accident? It is not an accident. I took that clip as a threat. I took it as a direct it, threat. It, it, is, well, it. it is. Yeah. And now you'll, I mean, remember this threat? Perfect segue, Joe. Remember Swalwell back in 2018? Fang Fang, uh -huh. sexual relator, Eric Swalwell. Talking to this guy, uh, Rambo Biggs, he responds back about a war with the government. He says, it would be a short war, my friend. The government is nukes, too many of them, but they're legit. I'm sure if we talked, we could find common ground to protect our families and communities. It's a Democrat member of Congress. Telling people they have nukes that could be used on the American people. Ladies and gentlemen, they are exactly who you think they are. Exactly. Now, just quickly back to Fetterman. I want to hat tip the Oz campaign. This is a press release from them yesterday. So Fetterman's a coward and a chump. He's a hardcore communist. He wants to steal your money, steal your health care, let criminals back on the streets. The guy could be the single most destructive force in the United States Senate if he wins. We have Dr. Oz. He's our candidate in the Republican side. And the Oz campaign has decided, here's the gloves, Joe. Offeroo. The Oz campaign, Fetterman won't debate him because Fetterman's a communist and Fetterman doesn't want to be confronted on the fact that he wants criminals on the street, wants to steal your money and shut your business down. So Oz, this is bold, man. I got to give them some credit. Their campaign's got some nuts on this one. They released the following list. This is real. This is not a joke. It's not the Babylon Bee. Dr. Oz for Senate. You can see it on the screen if you're watching on Rumble. This is the official press release. Their campaign released the following list of concessions it's willing to make if John Fetterman will agree to a debate. And by the way, they note, Oz has agreed to debate without any preconditions, okay? Fetterman's a coward. He won't debate him. They note, one, Dr. Oz promises not to intentionally hurt John's feelings at any point. <laughs> this is sad. <laughs> they note they'll allow John to have all of his notes in front of him, along with an earpiece, so he can have the answers given to him by him and his staff in real time. This is, this is not, I'm not kidding. This is not fake. They're dead serious. This is how confident they are. This guy's a communist. It's not done. They note at any point, Fetterman can raise his hand and say bathroom break. <laughs> they note if the topic of his pardon murderers comes up, we'll allow extra time for him to explain that second degree murder is, quote, not as bad as first degree murder. And they note, last that they'll pay for any additional medical personnel he might need to have on standby. Listen, Dr. Raz. Yeah. Good job. You were too nice for too long. Um, I like Oz. I think, you know, he ran a good campaign. He's freaking river nats today. You're driving me crazy. I think he ran uh, a little bit of a kind of milk toast campaign up until now. I think Oz has uh, really decided to take the gloves off, and that time is now. It's necessary. We cannot lose this seat. I think his team has turned it around and they figured this cutesy time approach is not working. Good for him. Folks, we got to win that seat. We have to.
Yeah, the river gnats have been insane. I think it rained down here, Joe. Right, Geet? They've been crazy. Look, there's one right here. You see them? <laughs> you see them flying? They go crazy after the rain. They drive me nuts. All right, moving on. One of the things that's been an evergreen topic of the show for a while now is the Great Reset. The Great Reset is this grotesque idea by globalists, notably Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum and others and all their acolytes on the left. The Great Reset is this idea that the society needs to be literally reset, that the idea of a, follow me here, a bottom-up consent to the governed government with world democracies, we have many, not all, we have a lot of tyrannies too as well, and dictatorships, but the idea of a top-up uh, people consent to the governed-run society is not efficient. We've heard Larry Fink from BlackRock, one of the world's largest investors of your money, by the way. We've heard him talk about how he admires totalitarianism. You guys tracking me? It's very simple. The yeah. Great Reset, all the complicated uh, euphemistic nonsense is about one thing. Turning society from a bottom-up consent to the governed globe to a top-down totalitarian, totalitarian globe where you shut your mouth. One of the tools to get there <coughs> is this idea of net zero. Net zero is a, an attack on energy. It is a scam. It is a fraud. It's a fake. It's the idea that we can somehow net out our emissions to zero, which is not even remotely possible. The technology isn't even close. So why would we do it? Because it's not about net zero, ladies and gentlemen. What it's about is control. Remember what I told you? Top down, bottom up consent to the govern. Top down, you need control. If you can get control of the education system, if you can get control of the healthcare system, if you can get control of the economic system, and you can get control of people's energy, how they heat their homes and drive their cars, ladies and gentlemen, you own everything. This is from BlackRock's own website. This is just hilarious. Here is one of their financial asset allocation managers that uses your money to invest in this stuff, this BlackRock stuff. Don't forget that name. It's one of the world's largest investment managers using your money to implement this great reset crap. Here they are talking about how this net zero, man, despite the fact there's no technology to do this at all. Don't worry. This is the future. Here's where we're going to put your money. Check this out. Our third theme is positioning for net zero. We believe that investors can get exposure to the transition by not only investing in the already green companies, but also high carbon companies with credible transition plans or are critical to the transitions. The bottom line is we see persistently higher inflation amid shorter swings in economic activities. Through the course of this year, we have been trimming portfolio-level risk-taking, and we do so again at this juncture. They're not going to let this go. Keep in mind, they're investing your money. You in a massive pension fund? They're investing your money to do this. This great reset thing is real. They're not kidding. It's not a conspiracy theory. Klaus Schwab wrote a book about it, literally titled The Great Reset. They want to dump representative democracy and flip it around to totalitarianism. They're openly talking about it. And net zero or control of the energy systems so that they can tell you when you can charge your car or not by shutting off the electricity of your house is a key component of this. That's exactly what's going on. Tucker did a whole segment on it last night. You go to a gas station, you get gas, you control your freedom. Freedom of movement is everything, isn't it? You can't move around. You don't have freedom. Well, what better way to control movement 
than to say to people, hey, listen, um, we're going to shut the electricity down uh, to your house between the hours of 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. No air conditioning. Well, that's when I charge my car. Exactly. Now, do you understand the whole electric vehicle push? Control. Control. It's always about control. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. I want to show you parts of my debate from the rebuttal on my Fox show and how liberals will never answer this big key question. You need to ask all your liberal friends this. Watch them squirm. On my Fox show, I like to bring, uh, because as I said in the beginning, one of the things I appreciate about using Fox's megaphone, which they, uh, we have a partnership on, they partner with me for my content, I partner with them for their channel, right? It works out great for me. We get to get these ideas out there. But one of the things I like to do is I like to bring on Democrats as well. Some of you like it. I mean, candidly, Guy can tell you because Guy reads a lot of comments. Some of you don't. But I think it's important we hear, um, I don't know, it's open way, but we hear their ignorance is probably a nice way to say it. Seriously, because we are on the right side of this. And I'm not a Reuters fact checker. I do actual facts. So I got into it a little bit with... Uh, uh, a woman, a Taryn, who came on my show, a, a Democrat, and I asked her a simple question she has no answer for. If the government, these great reset governments, top-down governments are so powerful and so smart, why is it that every time they claim to help, especially places where they help the most, the situation gets worse? The biggest footprints in our economy of government, where they spend the most money, are typically healthcare and education. And I was trying to ask her, don't you find it weird that liberals who claim government is helping in these two spaces are always complaining about healthcare and education? Check this out. Don't you find it a little odd that for 40 years the government's been trying to help and the spaces they try to help the most, uh, healthcare and college education, are the places where costs have exploded? Do liberals ever put that together? Like the more we help, the worse it gets? I'm just, well, we just a general liberals answer. in charge until recently, if you think about it. So I don't know that you can blame the last 40 years um, solely on liberals and Democrats' bad ideas, according to you, because, you know, no, during swamp, the pandemic, Republicans in the swamp many of have contributed our to. country fell to the, the furthest. We were under the Trump administration. So I do want people to think and realize when we're doing this together, like we've got to get through this and we do need to think about how we can help people. And something that is an immediate first step was helping to put money back into the folks who did go to college, who okay. are working Americans. Karen, but to, who Karen I'm sorry, but can you just answer that question? Because I got to run. That. It's a great first can step. Can you just answer that question? No, she didn't answer. So I'm going to cut that off there. She can't figure it out. But she's, I'll give her, she's right about one thing, and I've made this point before. It has been a swamp bipartisan effort to increase government's footprint in certain spaces in your life, healthcare and education. I get that. It's not just Democrats. But that doesn't refute the premise that liberals are the party of big government. And you notice how she can't answer a simple question. How the more liberals clamor for government intervention in healthcare and education, the more they complain about the status of healthcare and education. Ladies and gentlemen, I always bring the receipts. Proving my point. William Galston is a great piece in the Wall Street Journal. Government's been involved in education, some form of funding, for decades now. He has a piece called Way More Than $10,000 in Student Forgiveness. And he notes that when he entered Cornell in the 60s, annual tuition was $1,700, which sounds small, but amounted to 27% of a median family income at the time. Listen to this. This academic year, Cornell's tuition is $62,456, about 72% of median family income. 
If tuition had risen by the general rate of inflation, 3.9% a year, tuition would stand at almost $16,500, not $62,000. But because tuition costs rose at 6.3% annually, nearly double inflation, by the way, it's nearly four times as high. Why would higher education, where government keeps sticking its camel's nose underneath the tent, rise at nearly four times the rate of inflation, whereas everything else rose at the rate of inflation? Joe, that's why it's called the rate of inflation. (laughs) Why would that happen? Maybe because the government has an enormous footprint in there and is a third-party payer? Don't forget the third-party payer problem. Student, one party. College, party, two. Third-party payer, the government. Student knows government's paying. Student doesn't care about the price. College knows student isn't paying. Government's paying. College doesn't care about the price either because the student doesn't price discriminate because the student isn't paying. Gosh, third-party payer, government. Where else is the government a third-party payer? It's a third-party payer in healthcare too. Kind of strange how they keep telling us too. The pricing mechanism doesn't work. We need to go to government control of healthcare. And then when I say to you, again, the more government seems to help in healthcare, a matter of fact, where it helps the most in the United Kingdom, helps, I'm using that term loosely, and it makes healthcare, Joe, free, I'm using air quotes again. Mm-hmm. Is there any more help? Guys, can we argue that? Is it no more help than that, right, Joe? Government's paying for everything. We got it. It's kind of strange how that's the maximum amount of help. And then you've got the maximum amount of people on waiting lists getting ready to die. Weird how that works. More help, more dead. More help, more dead. California polls aren't just coming for your burgers. This is an article by Freeman. He covers a lot of stuff in the journal. He notes there are 6.7 million patients on the NHS, that's the UK's rationing list for healthcare, which includes people who've been referred by general practitioners for hospital treatment, such as cataract or hip and knee surgery. 6.7 million people on a waiting list in the United Kingdom. It goes on. That was from this Times reporter. The reporter adds that the data released by the Health Service Trust on their freedom of information laws suggests there are 10.3 million further patients who need follow-up care. Ladies and gentlemen, by simple math, that's 17 million people in the UK either in desperate need of a follow-up or sitting on a waiting list for some care, potentially life-saving. Government's helping. They're helping the most. Yet 17 million people aren't getting that help. It's weird. You know, Taryn seems to believe the government's a source of philanthropy and goodwill. It's almost as if wherever the government sticks its greedy little fingers, that they appear to be like a forest fire. Yeah, one in five. That's right. Good point. One in five. There you go. Here's another example. I saw this tweet this morning. I was actually done with the show and I threw this in after the fact. Government helps a lot in California, right? Joe, California's got a super big budget. That's a lot of government help out in California. That's a lot, Dan. That's a lot. It's a lot. And they help a lot with energy, too. You know, they don't just help with healthcare and education. Oh, good. uh, Where, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Breaking 911 tweet this morning, developing. California power grid officials warn of blackouts and urge residents to conserve energy. Man! The government helps a lot in the energy space, too. They note California, they're going to have a heat wave. Set your thermostats to 78 degrees or higher. 78 degrees. What are you, cutting weight for a UFC match? 
They know avoid using large appliances and charging electric vehicles and turn off unnecessary lights. Sounds like the great reset to me. It's a whole lot of great government help in California, isn't it? There it is. This is the notification from starting tomorrow through Tuesday. California, the West are expecting extreme heat. Don't worry, folks. Turn your AC up to 78. You can roast it. Right, right. Don't, and don't charge. Right. Good point. Don't charge the electric vehicles in California. We're mandating you buy by 2035. Don't charge them. You see, this is what the Great Reset looks like. All right, let me get to this quick. This is kind of funny. A little bit of comic relief. This is our hero of the day. There was some kind of like, you know, PETA type rally in New York. So some guy walks by eating a shish kebab. <laughs> and this happened. Check this out. It feels good. You and your small dick and your pussy way of killing animals. And it feels good. You have all the blood on your face and all the blood on your hands. It feels good. Let me just say first, I uh, I know not all heroes wear capes. I love animals with a, with a passion. I do. I love animals. And, um, you know, I, we should always treat animals with dignity. I love animals. But, um, you know, animals eat animals. And we are animals. And uh, that lady apparently didn't like that, that this guy was enjoying a shish kebab. You got to watch it on Rumble. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Um, good for you, man. Stand up for yourself there. Hey, uh, one last story I have to get to. I want you to listen to this news report. Something we've been covering on this show often is this now way beyond strange. It was strange after 10 incidents. Now that we're past 100 incidents of what appear to be either sabotage, attacks, or accidents at food processing plants. I don't know, folks. I'm at the point now where even with Occam's razor, something's going on. This is this latest local news report. From Montebello, this is the scene out there on West Olympic. This is where firefighters say there has been a fire at a poultry processing plant. You can see uh, firefighters pretty much trying to surround and drown this building right now, Ross. Yeah, firefighters haven't been on scene that long, and this is always the first attempt just to get the fire mm -hmm. under control. They have a huge response here, uh, this being a processing plant. You're probably thinking, no way. No way, not again. So I saw this article at Zero Hedge. I thought you should see it. This is from June, by the way. We're now in August. Another food processing plant shutters operations, adding to a long list of closures. Goes through uh, a bunch of incidents of chickens being destroyed, fires occurring. I'm, I have a screenshot here, and I took it at the end of the piece. Scroll down. It goes from 90, oh, look at that, over 100. 100 incidents. This was in June. Now, to give you a fair, balanced approach, no pun intended for Fox, a couple people reached out and said, Dan, yeah, it could be possible some of these are sabotage, but it's all uh, it's more likely that given the volatile chemicals in these places and people being out of work, that when they came back, they just didn't know what they were doing. There's been a lot of accidents. Listen, again, I'm open to anything, but 100 plus accidents and another food processing plant going down. I mean, how many accidents are on the American people aren't stupid? Strange. I'll stay on that story. It's getting worse by the day. I see it as three possible scenarios. Sabotage chance and mistakes due to the chemicals, the theory the listener has. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please check out the radio show later. If you wouldn't mind, subscribe to the podcast. Helps us stay on the top of the charts. We really, really appreciate the subscriptions or everything. Listens actually take a second place. They matter more to me, but not for the charts. 
Apple, uh, Spotify, and Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. Click that follow button or subscribe button. We deeply appreciate it. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.